Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Monster Dear Monster, a podcast where we explore monsters from their folkloric beginnings to their modern-day interpretations. Uh, I am your host, Leonard, and I am joined by the rest of the Monster Dear Monster boys, Dave. Hello. And Cameron. Howdy. And we are returning to Channel Zero, Candle Cove, uh, with the final two episodes. Mm. Any any thoughts about this series that we haven't covered uh, <laughs> so far from anyone uh... in retrospect? It, it continues to be good. I'm both uh, relieved and sad that our time with it is coming to an end. Because it is, it's fun to rewatch this, but man, it gets on my nerves. <laughs> like in the in the good horror way, it gets to me. <laughs> yes, there is there is some uh, some squeam and squirm for me uh, in this mm. episode because I have a uh, I have a particular uh, brand of of body trauma that I I uh, am not a fan of. Uh, in yeah. fact, that most people that I have have. Uh, discovered are not a, a fan of it's it's actually mm. rather interesting that uh you can just watch somebody explode on a movie screen and not be bothered by it but yeah mm. you get into into some of that realistic injury and nobody's yeah. happy about it no, no. <laughs> uh, so uh cameron would you mm. uh would you care to do a brief recap of the series so far? Oh right, brief recap of the series so far. Mike Painter, child psychologist extraordinaire, is lured back to his hometown of Iron Hills in Ohio, nearly thirty years after several children and he, one of them, his twin brother, disappeared, and most of them were found murdered, except for the twin brother. Uh. Creepy stuff starts happening. Kids start going missing again. Uh, Mike is suspected, but it turns out he's not behind it, as far as we can tell, at least. Um, instead, uh, kids are both disappearing. They're getting a little weird. Uh, one of the children Mike rescues goes on to stab her brother with a meat hook because Candle Cove told her to because there's this creepy TV puppet show on again, and it's really disturbing. Um, of course, at this point, suspicions are mounting. Things are getting pretty rough because Mike admits to his mother, oh, you know, 30 years ago, I killed my my brother, my twin brother, because reasons that he doesn't get to explain. She tells the police this. The police abduct Mike, take him to a secret black site, attempt to beat the truth out of him, at which point the actual, some would say, upstanding police of the area show up, drive him off. Uh, bring bring them all in, as it were, uh, except for the two who get away. I'm not doing good job good job of this. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, we eventually come to the conclusion that it is Mrs. Booth, uh, Mike's old English teacher, uh, and a ring of current children from her class, uh, committing a lot of the problems around town. Uh, Mrs. Booth herself kills. Uh, Oh, God, what was her name? 
Daphne. I forget her name. Her niece. <laughs> Yeah, Kills Daphne, her niece Daphne. For, for Daphne. That was it. Kills Daphne uh, for messing with Mike. You shouldn't mess with Mike Painter. Um, and the children kill Tim, uh, who is uh, honestly not that lovable a character. I wasn't so sad to see him go. Um, and uh, you know, it's a uh, it's a real creepy time. And right at the end of episode four. Uh, right after Mike had managed to get his younger brother, his, not his younger brother, his, his twin brother's long desiccated body out of the morgue and burn it, suspecting that this would be the way to break the curse, save his young daughter uh, from the influence of Eddie's weird ghostly powers, etc. Um, the children go to his old flame, Jessica's house, and stab her to death in a kiddie pool because the cycle is not broken. The problem of Candle Cove is not solved. It's all going to come to a head tonight in Candle Cove. That's yeah. a very loose summary, but there you go. That's, that's <laughs> listen, loose summaries are good. Uh, and, and listener, if any of that sounded intriguing to you, then I would highly suggest pausing. Don't, don't leave. Don't, don't go away. <laughs> Just pause. Um, because we, th- this this audio recording is simply the echoes of ghosts. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, ooh, good good timing. That's the other that, echo of a ghost. <laughs> yep, a ghost bumped into somebody's car. Um, I would highly suggest that you go back and um, uh, actually watch Candle Cove. Uh, uh, Channel Zero Candle Cove, which is available on Amazon if you have a Shutter subscription. Uh, mm. And with that, we will begin our exploration of the final two episodes: Episode Five, Guest of Honor, and Episode Six, Welcome Home. Mm. But of course, we'll start with Episode Five. <laughs> All right, so Mrs. Booth is the creator of Candle Cove. It certainly seems that way, yeah. She's got the puppets. <laughs> yep, she's got, she's, got the puppet. the, she's got the props. She's 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 got the props. She's got the the all the puppets, and uh, everybody is uh, is everybody's asking what's where where's where's Miss Mrs. Booth. Mm. Where's where could she be? But before <laughs> we discover uh where Mrs. Booth could be, we get into that oh, that miserable aspect that I was talking about earlier. Uh, um because uh we did fail to mention uh last mm. Candle Cove episode that uh during a flashback between Mike and Jessica, uh Mike explains uh the fairly simple way of determining the difference between him and Eddie, which is mm. that Eddie has an extra tooth, uh, because of course he does. Yeah. Uh, in fact, a lo- common. I was about to say, <laughs> I was actually about to say it is actually fairly common. And surprise, surprise, Mike's having some gum trouble, and what does he mm. discover? But a super gross vestigial tooth growing out yep. of his yep. <laughs> which he which he then attempts to yank out with his fingernails. Yeah, and no. yep. 
No, that's what no. fires are for, Mike. Yeah. Don't use your fingernails. <laughs> uh, and that is super not great. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're, we're getting more and more connections to what the tooth monster really is because teeth. The I don't like it. <laughs> Look, you got to take yeah, a toll. It's uh, it's it's really bad. It's really mm-hmm. it's uh, it's really bad. And then uh, unfortunately, um, Amy uh, arrives at Marla's house to inform Mike of Jessica's murder. Mm. As I mentioned uh, uh, last episode, uh, the uh, Jessica's death uh, really kind of highlighted where this story was going to end up uh, in in my mind. Mm. And I think it's... Um, I think the the ending of Candle Cove doesn't doesn't um, come out of nowhere, considering right. the the deconstruction of of Mike's life. Mm. Uh, do uh, any of you have any notes or thoughts about this opening sequence? Uh, it's definitely very visceral. Um, when when mm. it's when it's showcased uh, in particular in particular uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so when Jessica was being attacked by the children um it's they're not dwelling on the stabbing stabbings um in particular mm. like it it's not comfortable to watch of course um but it's sort of camera trickery like not showing. The oh yes, and like it's it's hidden by the pool. She falls in a kiddie pool. Yeah. Um, what this does, however, is uh, showcase her her corpse with the multiple horrific stab wounds in it. So it just yeah. really drives that home. Um, and it was also in, in like incredibly bothering me that the police were just leaving her. I mean, I know they have to, I guess, but they mm. just left her in, face down in the pool. Like, get her out of the pool. Yeah. yeah, like uh, yeah, that that just felt like super disrespectful for some reason. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's um, it's as I mean, it's worse. You know, it's worse in so many more ways, but it's no less like horrific than Mike doing his uh, surprise dental surgery. <laughs> yes, like that wasn't yeah. great to watch either. But this is worse because, of course, it's it's his yeah childhood love. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I do want to point out that uh, we get uh, uh, in these last two episodes, we get a lot of Mike uh, seemingly disassociating uh, mm-hmm. from from the incidents. He doesn't react when Amy tells. Uh, tells him that Jessica's died. There's a, a scene later on in episode six between uh, Mike and his estranged wife uh, that really highlights like how quickly Mike can flip the switch off, um, which kind of owes to uh, is 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 actually kind of a not, a weird nod to the fact that he's a, a, a 
child psychologist um mm-hmm. with that that disassociation um and so uh Amy and Mike uh team up Mike uh goes to the police station uh Amy keeps mm-hmm. saying all hands on deck which really irritates <laughs> Mike oh and also kind of makes sense why Mike wouldn't wouldn't yeah. want to hear hear that <laughs> that phrase all things considered um Mike is super insistent that he go to Mrs. Booth's uh home to uh look at the props uh Amy protests uh until Mike makes the suggestion that hey how about you just let Gary escort me around this crime scene at this you know mm. who's this guy this former sheriff who's who's up on felony charges just the, it'll mm. it'll be what's, fine what's a little legality between friends it's we're <laughs> we're bending the line all over the place <laughs> i yeah. i mean i i it, it's it's really funny because if if there were no supernatural influences then yes this seems crazy and 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 a poor decision mm. but y- y- we got ghosts we got ghosts and <laughs> a, and and a child murder cult so yeah. you kind of you kind of actually <laughs> have to say to yourself yeah this isn't this isn't regulation but nothing about this case is <laughs> Well, and that's why yeah. so Amy is acting sheriff. So um, that's why she makes that call. Right. Because she knows stuff's like all mm. crazy. <laughs> like none of yeah. this is you. The book is not going to help you here. Yeah. And so she eventually relents and allows uh, Gary and Mike to explore the Booth residence. Um, Gary finds some teeth out on a post outside, uh, mm-hmm. to which I said, oh, that's weird. The cops didn't do a very good job. And then I immediately <laughs> just said, oh, I'm just going to assume that they were just placed there after the police left. Yeah, I think they're fresh. Probably. They're fresh ones. Yeah, they are. They're fresh. still, they're still red. They're still, yeah. they're still red and gummy. Yeah. Gotta um, leave offerings for the tooth thing. You, you can't you can't you can't invoke the tooth fairy cameron or else we'll nah. just or else i'll just make us watch darkness falls oh look it's okay um it's it's tooth losing season at school apparently i've got about five different kids i'm teaching who have all lost teeth in the last couple of weeks and they're all super eager to share and i'm like cool i don't need this while i'm re-watching this series hey, as long as you're not collecting them everything's fine Oh yeah, mm-hmm. no, I'm definitely don't want anything to do with that. That is, yeah, nothing, to be, nothing to be suspicious about since all of your students are losing teeth. Sure, <laughs> doesn't all, sound suspicious a, to me. They're all having a great time. But yeah, <laughs> just so were these kids. They were all having a great time too. Oh yeah, they get hot cocoa. They get to hang out in a trailer with. An old Their lady, favorite teacher. <laughs> yeah, sounds like Take heaven. Oh uh, yeah. Um, Mike uh, examines the props and immediately says, "Fake." 
Um, yeah, <laughs> really, I, I kind of wish that this was this was like a video podcast uh, because then I just edit that Deep Space Nine of that uh, <laughs> Romulan saying it's a fake. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, Mike is unimpressed with <laughs> Mrs. Booth's shoddy props. Um, oh yeah, look the real the real skin taker doesn't look anything like this. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even made of skin. Mm, yeah, come on, what's your authenticity? <laughs> yeah, but 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 the real skin taker does sound like that, though. Oh like yeah, a, like a baker's rack being hit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Not me messing around. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Mike receives a uh, <laughs> Mrs. Booth's phone starts to uh, ring and Mike picks yeah. up and surprise, surprise, it's Mrs. Booth, um, the mm. craftiest uh, villain in, in all of media, uh, yeah. an elderly woman uh, who still uses her cell phone uh, and drives <laughs> her car and yeah. has somehow managed to evade the police. Look, the police had to uh, mobilize all town, their forces to find for a, a couple kids. Yes, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that's true. And I, by fine, they did not find them. <laughs> nope. No. Nope. Oh, yes. Um, because uh, before this, all of the children had been pied pipered out of their homes. Um, mm. uh, including uh, Gary and Jessica's children. Yeah. Uh, who have just evacuated the hospital. Um, meaning yep. that every 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 adult is is... There's a very 80s feel to this where every adult <laughs> is clearly incompetent because um, you, nobody realized that anything was off with their kids. <laughs> yeah. And, hey, is that and, kid meant to be leaving the hospital? Eh, probably. Yeah. I was like, I was like, there was a lady in, in the room the entire mm. time for yep. the entire series. They make a point of showing her sitting at a desk. So I can only mm. assume that her shift requires her to sit at that desk and monitor that one children for eight hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the only time she wasn't there is the time that they made their escape. Look, everyone yeah. needs a bathroom. Which, yeah. which is reasonable, I guess. All it's right. the only time that they could. Um, and uh, Mrs. Booth uh, says, hey, we should talk. I have something really important to tell you. Um, and I want you to follow me. Uh, no police. Uh, yep. uh, uh, Mike's like, hey, how about we just like talk inside? And Mrs. Booth has the great comeback of thank you for inviting me into my own home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, Mike leaves without Gary, uh, yep. which is uh, which is a theme. Uh, yep. And follows Mrs. Booth <laughs> to uh, Skinner's, which is, I couldn't tell if Skinner's was the name of just the diner or if that was the name of the water park, too, because no thank you, not interested <laughs> in going to a water park named Skinner's. That sounds like a bad time. Tells you a lot about the quality of the water slide. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, we thought it was just a slide that went into the water. Mm. Mm. No. <laughs> yeah right um 
I, I, I suppose I would be remiss in talking about a water park and not bringing up the um, trashy, um, allegedly awful uh, recent slasher m- movie, Aqua Slash, involving oh. a serial killer who uses water park tubes to murder people. Oh um, my god, that sounds incredible. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, 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 it seemingly knows what it is and is going for that really (laughs) really um really hard so if that's the kind of like horror like self seemingly self-aware horror trash that you like then um look (laughs) look up aqua slash oh boy (laughs) um uh Amy is almost immediately alerted uh, by Mark's, uh, Mike's depart- departure uh, by Gary. Uh, and Amy sends, oh, what's his name? What's her? her... He's, he's young and moderately attractive uh, police officer number three. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, who, yeah. Uh, I don't remember his name at all. I've watched this episode three times. I I literally just got done watching like b- like reviewing both episodes and I told myself I need to remember this guy's name and then it just slid off my brain like a egg on a hot griddle. Um we'll just call him so, Officer Babyface. Yeah. Yeah, Officer Babyface works. Um <laughs> is sent out and immediately finds Mike. No can't yeah. find once again cannot find the elderly cult leader, but can find mm. Mike with absolutely no problem. <laughs> Who's like well outside of town at that at Skinner's? Like that's not yeah. yeah. Look like it's on the the main road. Mm. I mean, there may only be the one road, but yeah, that's still hmm. yeah. Like he's, he's um, Officer Babyface is good at his job. It, yeah. Too good, too good. As, <laughs> yes. as we'll find out. Mm. Um, and Mrs. Booth is inside and beckons Mike inside. But oh no, Officer Babyface ruins it. And Mike's like, "Hey, I, I'll uh, uh, I, just give me a couple moments to go into this abandoned building, and then I'll come <laughs> back to the police station." Yeah, uh, which is great. Um, and and Officer mm. Babyface does acquiesce to to this God. request. You know, you miss you miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take, and Mike took that shot. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, uh, oh, this is before I go any further. We need to talk about um, why Mrs. Booth is doing what she does is doing. Yes, because we explore that in a flashback. Um, we we have we had also failed to mention that. Uh, uh, I don't think she ever states what it is that she has, but she says epilepsy. I was about yeah. to say it appears to be epilepsy. Yeah. Uh, and she has Caesar. She's she, mm, seizures all uh, <laughs> constantly. Um, and her son uh, is, is prepared for them and, uh, and sees her through. However, uh, one day, uh, in 1988, they make sure to let us know. Uh, she calls Eddie in to her classroom to see if he's doing okay. You know, what with the broken mm. finger and all. 
And yeah. Eddie, of course, says that he's fine. And she says, all right, you can go. And then she has a seizure. And Eddie mm-hmm. walks up and tells her to stop. And she yep. does. And then tells her to get up. And she does. And she explains that surprise. Ugh. I gotta stop <laughs> touching this thing, sorry. <laughs> surprise. So, yeah. I, I I'm liking I'm liking this the, these diegetic sound effects that uh, this this episode is going to have. Me yes. and my fiddly fingers. <laughs> I'm like, I might I might ask you to buy a watermelon and stab it with a butter knife a couple of times. <laughs> Uh, um, I'll see if I can find that. <laughs> um, yes, surprise! Candle Cove wasn't some creation that gave Eddie his powers. Uh, Eddie had them all along, and Candle mm. Cove was in fact a creation uh, formed by him. And mm. Eddie is, it's, it's, hey, surprise, uh, it, it was a little bit Silent Hill. It was, mm. <laughs> it was a, uh, oh, man, what, a little bit Children of the Corn. And, yep. and now it's, man, now I had it's it. a little bit rock and roll. Oh, and now it's <laughs> Firestarter. And now it's Firestarter. Yes. Mm. Um, <laughs> Eddie <yeah>. was a <laughs> great and powerful psychic. Um, and Mrs. Booth has become his acolyte, which is, which is great, which is, and somehow, somehow, even by making it Firestarter, it still kind of loops back to Silent Hill. (laughs) This is, this whole moment is very Silent Her whole character is very Silent Hill. Yeah. Particularly like movie Silent Hill. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, back to Skinner's, uh, Mike (laughs) goes in and cannot find Mrs. Booth and, uh, then proceeds to, uh, watch Officer Babyface get hard murdered, uh, by, uh, a meat hook because, uh, nobody has any peripheral vision and (laughs) everything. And you cannot take your eyes off of the children, even for a minute. Oh, no, yeah, don't, I don't think he had a, at that point. He didn't have a choice. He was being held by like twelve children. Yeah, he was so good at his job. He's going to get a promotion. He found all these kids. You start. <laughs> you start kicking Dave. You yeah, start. They, they had him. Start. They had his legs and arms. They were holding him. You, you start. Like, hey, you hey, start. That's a little tight. That's a little. And then he gets. Yeah. You no, know, you start. You start twisting your torso. You lift those <laughs> arms and you start spinning. And when those kids <laughs> grip and <laughs> inevitably fail, then you start kicking. Officer Babyface <laughs> had some baby arms. wasn't happening. Yeah, I think if Dave was in his place, he'd have been fine. But yeah, <laughs> just uh, yeah, you mean you mean you mean like. I imagine it would be like when Bane broke Batman. <laughs> God. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> and yet you laugh. Oh, yeah. It's a very funny movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Yeah. yeah. Babyface yes. goes down. Next time, come alone, Mike. 
And yes. off she goes with all the terrible children into the into the fields. And it's she's like, also dressed like John Brigham. Yeah, <laughs> just that's the, up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's blaming yeah, Mike the, for something he had no control over. Yeah, that's yeah. the part that's that's really unfortunate about about Officer Babyface. Yeah. Um, there is a really great shot um, because Mark, Mike starts having a. A weird freak out. His his mm-hmm. uh, his new tooth is throbbing, and he uh, exits the diner into this uh, field, this overgrown field. And there's this really great shot of him stumbling into the field, and it looks like he's sinking, even though you clearly see him fall to his knees. Mm-hmm. But just the way that it's framed, it looks like the ground is swallowing him, and he yeah. passes out. Um, it's a really good shot. Uh, we get a. A, a a great fake out um where mike awakens next to officer babyface uh only to see uh mrs booth and his daughter katie and as he tries to approach he discovers that he is nothing but a puppet on strings that seemingly extend endlessly into the sky mm, yeah Some, that was pretty probably cool. my favorite like <laughs> yeah. scene of the entire series yeah, it's a it's a really really great shot. Uh, Mike's wife is taking Katie home. Uh, yep. They 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 get I, once again we get another Silent Hill moti- moment where she swerves off the road to avoid hitting some children and damages mm. her car, so she has to uh, uh, hold up in a motel. Yeah, and um, Mike. Uh, actually wakes up and uh, is told to go home uh, because Mrs. Booth uh, is is menacing his mother uh, in her <laughs> kitchen with a handgun, which is yep. literally the most like unsettling <laughs> and bizarre because it's not mm. because she's not crazed. It's yeah, not like a crazed yeah. woman holding a handgun. It is a a woman who is 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 using the gun as leverage to have this conversation. And the conversation basically amounts to, hey, listen, Mike, you're the vessel. Your brother's special. (laughs) Yeah. Your brother. Yeah. Your brother's special. Um, Yeah. You kind of messed things up by killing him, but you also kind of like made it better for him by, by killing him. Uh, He's going to take your body uh so just be ready for that um and please eat some more pie my favorite part is that she serves them pie (laughs) during this conversation and i'm like good touch nice touch Mm -hmm. nice character touch uh and uh you should just not resist when he comes comes a call in next time because it'll just be better for everyone so he, he's uh, so powerful you should just let him in he's so powerful i'd let him kill my son yeah <laughs> With, <sighs> and so well she she, she says I that she, she fed did. him she mm. she killed her own son oh yeah. like as a that, as an as act a of sacrifice, sacrifice. That, yeah. that's why that's why mike's mother like flipped out yeah, she was like, "You said you loved your, you know, you're talking about love for your children. You sacrificed your own son for what?" Mm. Oh yeah, that was 
super uncomfortable as well because everything we've seen of her son, he's very clearly like developmentally challenged in some way. He's not, uh, you know, a hundred percent on the ball, as it were. You know, he doesn't understand a lot of things, and she's like, "Well, I like Eddie. <laughs> he can yeah. stop me from having seizures. He seems to have magic powers." Like, oh wow, that's a that's a harsh immediate decision you made there within like a day it is uh, but she does like during this because it's all it's all like character exposition at this point and mm-hmm. it's, and it's it's done it's delivered really really well in a lot of oh, really yeah. long shots with with a fantastic performance and she just she talks about it she's like yeah i felt like i had ha- i was powerless i had i was just kind of like floating through life i my husband was gone my child had issues and i have had epilepsy and then your brother showed me that he could change the world and there's an aspect where yes i kind of get it like you're still a like a horrible monster but it Mm -hmm. it's it's you can you can see how Mm. she got there yeah, yeah. You don't have to agree with a villain's like motives, but if they're understandable, that makes them a stronger villain. Like this mm. works because mm. you know why she did the thing. Yeah, right. Like it's it's no good. Like this was not a good decision, but it's it makes sense. Mm. Yes, exactly. Um, and she she just like leaves she like threatens them with the gun and then walks out because once again mm. <laughs> mrs booth is the greatest arkham villain of them all <laughs> um and uh the episode ends with uh katie in in the hotel room kendall cove comes on and of course it's jawbone and his big dumb face and then uh, Cameron's favorite character makes an appearance. <laughs> uh, the tooth child, yeah, tooth uh, child. is, is uh, uh, at first seemingly menaces Katie and then uh, mimics her and then says, hey, just follow me under the bed. It'll be cool. And mm. so she does. Yeah. Uh, Mike is still. Too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Um, uh, Mike uh, is still not pleased with this tooth situation and takes some pliers to it and that's Mm. all I'm going to say about that Uh, and then he retires to his room to discover Katie is now trapped in Candle Cove yep stuck in Bravery Cave yep um (laughs) <laughs> and this episode was pure exposition, I, mm-hmm. I I think, and I don't have a problem with that. Um because no. it's oh. it's all expedition. Uh, wow, expedition. <laughs> yeah, it's all an it's all a journey. Yes, ex- expedition is in the next uh, episode. Yes, mm-hmm. it's yes. all ex exposition. Um, in uh, while also demonstrating that. Uh, the the supernatural stuff is actually happening. There's a mm. a scene in the uh, police station 
where Jawbone starts appearing on all the tel- on all the computer monitors, um, mm. which is something that was repeated in episode four, I believe, when Amy was walking through the school library and the monitors flipped on. Yeah, to, uh, mm. show Jawbone watching her, but now uh, she is seeing it. Gary sees it as well. And it's just a a good, by the way, the ghost stuff is real. Hey, mm. people, you're going to start seeing it now. And yeah, finally understand uh, we get we have a full picture of what's going on. Uh, mm. And mainly that uh, Eddie is an evil, vengeful ghost. <laughs> yeah, yes. And he, and he is um, made more powerful by Mike's presence. Yes. Due to them being twinsies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what called Mike back. And um, Eddie's power has been like growing over the years. But with Mike present in the town, uh, it's it's more of an exponential growth. Mm. Yeah. He's like he's like a TV tower. Mm. Yes. Good way to put it. <laughs> um. And that's episode five. That was a good one, I think. I for mm. for like the everything's going to be wrap up from here on out. And I think it was good that all of that context and explanation was done before the wrap up. So we don't yeah, have to it, it put all the cards on the table. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, which... so before episode six, um, yes, I this does, as far as I'm aware, exist online because it came from um, an online website. But Chris Straub, the creator of Candle Cove and other other tales, um, and who's doing the the YouTube channel Fifty Eight uh, series. Uh, originally this was a short story entitled Candle Cove, which I managed to find a, this is the weirdest thing. I found this in a used bookstore, um, not looking for it. (laughs) The book itself has no, there's no words on the spine. It is actually just an, it's part of an image of snow on a TV. Hmm. So it doesn't, it, it looks like if you were looking at a composition notebook, Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's about um, there's 80 pages. It's very thin. It was mm. jammed in between a, bun- a bunch of the, the the used bookstore I was at is roughly the size of like half of a Walmart. It's huge. It's <laughs> in one shelf in one small section and I just like, that looks strange and I picked it out and it says Candle Cove and Other Stories. So the odds of me running into that at this particular time was are like they're they're infinitesimal or not the other way around they're mm-hmm. like astronomical that's what I want to say. Um, I read the story. It is a roughly like a six pound even open six pages. It's very short. Um, it's five pages long. So it consists of. Uh, lines on a it's it's on a net nostalgia forum for television and so it's just a few um posts 
by mm-hmm. Sky Shale 003 and then uh, Mike Painter 65 and one or two other mm. people pop in. But it's just basically, um, I will read the first post and it gives the context of what this is. Uh, Does anyone remember this kid's show? It was called Candle Cove and I must have been six or seven. I never found reference to it anywhere, so I think it was on a local station around 71 or 72. I lived in Ironton at the time. I don't remember which station, but I do remember it was on at a weird time, like 4 p.m. And then it kind of just is people interjecting their their memories, and as they discuss it, um, more details come to light. Like they 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 feed on each other's memories of it, and kind of just mm-hmm. reconstructing what it was. Um, I think my 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 favorite, and of course this is this is on um, channel fifty eight, which ends up being what the author uses for other weird things popping up probably don't want to watch that channel if it, if it comes up on your TV. Um, <laughs> and then everyone gets real caught up on um, the models. Uh, here's just one. Thank you, Jaron. Memories flooded back when you mentioned the laughing stock in Channel 58. I remember the bow of the ship was a wooden smiling face with the lower jaw submerged. It looked like it was swallowing the sea and it had that awful Edwin voice and laugh. I especially remember how jarring it was when they switched from the wooden plastic model to the foam puppet version of the head that talked. And then Mike is uh, posting, Haha, I remember that now too. Do you remember the part, Sky Shale? You have to go inside. And then it, it just goes on with them like getting upset about that those lines. Mm-hmm. And they talk about pirate piracy and uh, Horace Horrible is the uh, monocled big-toothed boy. Ah. And Jawbone is mentioned, but he's not Jawbone. He's specifically Skin Taker. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yes, and they're they're talking about his top hat and cloak um, sewn up all crazily, and then they're they're going, "Is that supposed to be kid skin?" Uh, and then <laughs> Mike here is, "Yeah, I think so." So remember, his mouth didn't open and close; his jaw just slid back and forth. I remember the little girl said, why does your mouth move like that? And the skin taker didn't look at the girl, but at the camera and said, to grind your skin. So it it goes on in that vein for a few more little entries. And then the, of course, um, the cap to the, the tail is a Mike Painter post. I visited my mom today at the nursing home. I asked her about when I was little in the early 70s, when I was eight or nine. And she, if she remembered a kid's show, Candle Cove... She said she was surprised I could remember that, and I asked why. And she said, because I used to think it was so strange that you said, I'm going to go watch Candle Cove now, Mom. And then you would tune the TV to static and just watch Dead Air for 30 minutes. You had a big imagination with your little pirate show. So that's what, that's the seed of what became this full um, show. It's, um... Like I said, it's a, the, it, all, all of the stories in this book are that same, like, it's just internet posts. But um, they're all very short. Two two pages, two, a few like that. There's, for an 80-page book, that ends up being, like, quite a few stories. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think there's dream, some sort of dream diaries thing in the back. I didn't get to reading those because I was more concerned with... Um, this one in particular but it is uh this is 2015 so um with that they went and did the show within a year of 
this book, or not that it wouldn't have been a book, but um, these mm. entries coming out and being popular. So they capitalized on that like pretty much immediately. Mm. Um, given that these came out in November um, or October, November of 2016. Mm. That's. Uh... That's that's actually um, really really surprising uh, because we uh, anybody familiar with uh, with film and television production um, they uh, usually jump on trends way too late or try to blow up trends that uh, are going to be forgotten relatively quickly. Um, uh, in terms of jumping on trends way too late, I'm looking at you, Slenderman, the movie. Uh, <laughs> God. Uh, and I, I can't, I, and I can't even think of trying to make a thing that isn't a thing a thing. Um, so it's actually really surprising that somebody, uh, somebody looked at at this and saw some immediate value in ad- adapting it into into Candle Cove and I think this is one of the um, very few success stories in taking something spawned from the internet and and converting it into another media uh, our medium effectively mm-hmm. yeah and I think it's oh. probably worth looking into um, not for our show um, in general, but the the creator um, Mick and Tosca, uh seeing like where he picked this up because he he's mm-hmm. writing, showrunning, and producing the entire entirety of Channel Zero, and then just you know maybe he could have been. You, you know, they must have formed a, a specific friendship with um, Chris Straub or knew him in in advance. I mean, it doesn't ultimately matter, but that's probably, um, I'm imagining how that scenario would have more have, have a chance to come about. We've covered a lot of adaptations of things just by nature of the, of the show. And primarily, yeah, the, the, the gap between source materials and then an adaptation is usually pretty wide and it's not a year (laughs) that's a that turnaround (laughs) is very very quick and particularly when um producing these things isn't an overnight thing yeah yeah um it's probably also helped by the fact that this is it while it is a it, it is a truncated season of television once again, six episodes, uh, and that, uh, and it is a complete story, not a thing that's ongoing. So, I would imagine that the scripting process was probably easier than if it had been an ongoing narrative. Um, so, there, there are aspects of the production side that that feel like that could that that <clears throat> amount of time. Uh, is not uh, like unreasonable. Excuse me. Yes, is uh, isn't unreasonable. So, and and they put uh, there. There's like a year in between when they did season two um, of Channel Zero. So they're they're not like back to backing um, mm. production for these. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a year. So it's it's almost it's not quite a year. It's only a few months um, between that and season three. But um, these are roughly a year apart uh, for each of the seasons. Like calendar year versus 12, mm-hmm. 12 months. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But anyway, that's not um, it's not what we're here for. Uh, it's just a fun little aside. It's a nice aside, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and we'll need it because we are <laughs> uh, we are uh, going into episode six, the final episode. Welcome home. Um, starts off rather nicely with. Uh, Mike and Eddie, adult Mike and child uh, Eddie, uh, laying on a bed, and Eddie's reading uh, Treasure Island, and uh, uh, makes a point of saying he understands uh, why Long John Silver is the way that he is, that he had to look out for himself, just like him, he and Mike. Eddie gets mm-hmm. up and it's revealed that they're not in a bedroom, but in fact, uh, the bed and the rug underneath it are in the middle of the field. Are in the middle of the field. Uh, Mike asks Eddie what he wants. There's a slow pan down Eddie's arm, and surprise, surprise, it ends in a toothy forearm and hand. <laughs> and then Cameron, because yeah. Because I know that you probably love this. What does what does what does Eddie want? Eddie wants to go inside. And how does <laughs> Eddie want to do that? Because it is actually take, important. Yeah, take the tooth arm and just shove that down inside of Mike's throat, which is vastly uncomfortable. Yes, sound design <laughs> super super gross. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and, Eddie has been doing this the entire time. Yeah, like every we've we've seen multiple instances of Toothy Boy touching like Mike's mouth with the teeth hand. Yeah, only for us to now to know he was jamming that thing all the way down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, gotta get your calcium. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> not a good way to do it <laughs> uh so we have uh two plots running in this episode we have the police uh mainly amy and gary trying to locate mrs booth and the children in the forest because of course the forest and yep. we have mike uh trying to get katie back Lily, um, he needs mm. Lily back Yes. Um, and uh, Mike's wife arrives uh, and there's a great it's I, I, I think it's kind of funny that the show avoided this this um, kind of horror trope until right until the end where Mike's wife comes back and she's like, where's our daughter? And Mike's, Mike says, I know where she is. I, I just can't tell you. Yeah. And, and she, she uh, freaks out. And that's when once again, Mike immediately like switches off, gets up and, and leaves. And he's like, I don't have time for this. 
I need to go get our daughter back. And I'm literally the only one who can do it. And I'm sorry, Dave, do you remember what Mike's wife's name is? Because I feel terrible calling, referring uh, to her Erica. as Mike's wife. <laughs> Erica. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, he, he leaves and Erica just says, well, I can't stop you, but I will. I'm not letting you out of my sight. Um, yeah. And then we have uh, we, we uh, I Dave. Um, I I want to get your feeling on this. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about? And I really hesitate to call it the B plot, but how do you feel about the uh, "Let's get the kids back" portion of this? Episode. Uh, it felt a little flat to me. Mm. Um, so this is, it's just Amy and um, Gary running through the woods, through the same like five feet of woods, it feels like, <laughs> because they, they just like use the, the, the density of the trees to make everything look far larger or more confusing than it might possibly be. Um mm-hmm. And the kids are playing hide-and-seek. Really, they're just kind of peeking. They're, like, running between trees, and then you don't see... They don't come out the other side of the tree. These trees, I, I must mention, are very small. They're, yeah. they're, like, thin birch or something. I don't know what they are. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're running around trying to find them. Uh, they get separated... <laughs> uh and Gary uh, ends up running into um surprise his his two children. This part was the weirdest bit because he convinces them to like abandon the weird Candle Cove cult. Yep. Like through sensibility, mm-hmm. which is like that's not mm-hmm. a thing. Like I don't get how yeah, that would that... have worked. Um mm-hmm. But it does. He like leads. I like what when I watched this part, I was fully expecting because he leads them off. They're holding his hands. Uh, mm. I was expecting Amy to find him dead. Yes, oh, yeah. Because yeah. that's what that that's how this reads. Because that would make sense with what all the kids have been doing. Um, I don't. Yeah, the part it was a little it was a little flat. Uh, and the same thing with Amy. She she finds a um. Uh, in a in a a used but not occupied um trailer in the in the in the woods. That's always a good sign. And yep. mm. uh, th- this is where um Miss Booth was like staying with the kids um in yeah. in the middle of the woods, and it's empty uh, save for one child that Amy's familiar with, but he just like doesn't do any like it makes it all spooky it doesn't lead up to anything and then she just leaves yep so it's like okay i they suddenly became because miss booth isn't directly around maybe she's more directing them i don't i don't know yeah like, because like their, their agency is very like um it's it, it exists but it's in a weird like nebulous state there's mm-hmm. not rules to it that 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 if there are they're not following it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um I wanted to yeah. Uh, oh, just quickly wanted to mention that yes, Mrs. uh Miss Booth was was present at Jessica's murder. Uh 
as yeah. well. So it does seem like she directs the children um, and that they just kind of exist and play around when she's not giving them orders. It's once again, it's very weird because it gives her more agency over, over the children than Eddie, which seems like that would be the reasonable uh, vector for influence. Um, mm. But yeah, yeah I, it's, I, it's, weird. it's weird on the same point where um, when, when we've dealt with Tooth Child up to this point, uh, motivations were always murky. That was a thing. But then when you look back and go, okay, we know Tooth Child is Eddie. The things he was doing are like, they don't make a whole lot of sense. Like where he would show up and then just be ambling about. Like why? Like what? <laughs> what is, what's he doing? What's his, what's his game? Um, and I think that that's also part of it because if they are, he is still a child. Yes. Yeah. And, and that becomes very clear when he's when he, when we get to it and he's dealing with Mike. Um, and I think the tooth, uh, I, I forget if Eddie, I don't know if Eddie directly explains it, but I do like distinctly remember Eddie saying that he, he knows what was going on out in the world. Um, mm. due to to being able to manifest as this tooth child, and yeah. so that it was he's wearing it. He's wearing it as a suit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So he can know what's actually going on in the outside world, because as we will discover, he exists in a uh, awful uh, nightmare dimension. <laughs> uh, <laughs> otherwise, um, mm. yeah. Uh, and so I suppose we should get to this. Um, uh, Mike and Erica. Thank you. Mike and Erica, <laughs> uh, find Katie unconscious. Uh, Mike directs Erica not to touch her and that, uh, just stay with her until she wakes up. Um, uh, clickety clack, the tooth child's back. Um, we yeah. get a uh, gross uh, uh, tooth child uh, arm <laughs> action yeah. resulting yeah. in the tooth child uh, disappearing. See, we, we can figure where that we, we know where how we that went. happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, Mike lying unconscious. And then Mike is teleported to nowhere <laughs> from Silent mm -hmm, Hill mm -hmm. 1. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Where he uh, encounters uh, uh, Jawbone, who um, finally reveals himself as the Skin Taker by flailing around. Uh, skin Taker is 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 portrayed as a horrible hair and clay golem construct mm -hmm. that looms yeah. around menacingly. Um, <laughs> And uh, uh, oh yes, we also get the the weird Burning Man uh, yep, that we that saw shows up. once <laughs> in episode one, uh, and who just appears to be there to intimidate Mike, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Uh, and then we we finally enter uh, Eddie's realm, <laughs> which uh, has is is draped in skin and is. Yep 
is a bedroom with an old CRT TV that is just showing Mike passed out on the floor, on the ground. <laughs> hmm. Um. Mike and Eddie have a little bit of back and forth. Uh, Mike is reasonably uh, distrustful of Eddie because Eddie is is a uh, a crazy psychic monster. Eddie's uh, like, hey, listen, um, we're supposed to be together forever and always, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you killed me. So I'm just gonna uh, take your body and live. And you can live in this nightmare with Skin Daker. That is why I kidnapped your daughter. Uh, mm. that, that is the deal that I am proposing to you. Yeah, we're um, twins. We're meant to share everything. You've had the body for 30 years. It's my turn. Yep. <laughs> I was like, that's not how um, she died. <laughs> but his, but his, the essence of his being was so powerful, he was still able to live. Mm. Um, and uh, Mike agrees as long as he gets his daughter back uh, Skin Taker rips his head open and (laughs) shows uh, and Mike uh, uh, grabs grabs Katie not out of Skin Taker but out of a hallway that exists within Skin Taker because we're dealing with dream logic uh, mm-hmm. and Mike <laughs> give, uh, whispers something to Katie, um, which is important yeah. because before he left the house, he told his mother, Marla, that she would have to do something that she probably will hate, um, yes. but but just do it out of love. Uh, and uh, after he whispers, uh, whispers into Katie's ear, Eddie desperately tries to get that information out of her, uh, and Mike says, hey, listen, you let her go or else no deal. And so he, uh, Eddie reluctantly does. Katie uh, climbs through the TV in a really well-executed uh, special effect. Because um, mm. uh, it's a TV with an overlay of Mike uh, uh, on on the ground. And then uh, Mike's also in the shot, and Katie's in the background, and the background goes out of focus, so Katie can crawl through the TV in a uh, in a significantly less expensive special effect than (laughs) it had been in in uh, in focus. Uh, And I think that's a Mm. really really clever way of of making that uh, less expensive. Uh, and Mike says, "Hey, Eddie, you know that game? That game that we... Uh, oh, oh man, what 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 were they playing? That war, yeah, war, war. Yes, yeah. Uh, game of War, the game that never ended. Um, don't you want to end it? And uh, Mike then confesses to Eddie that the reason that the game never ended was because Mike would cheat. Mike would uh, pull uh, a large card out of his discard pile and slip it on top if he was ever close to losing. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Eddie, being a child that is also very, very uh, resentful and vengeful, uh, Mm -hmm. agrees to it because he has to show Mike up (laughs) <laughs> one last time yep. before leaving yep. him. Uh, and then we get 
uh, to uh, Katie waking up, uh, returning back to Marla's house and giving her, uh, telling her what Mike told told her to tell Marla, and Marla leaves. And uh, Dave, do you want to talk about Marla running afoul of, of our dear Mrs. Booth? This was like the worst. <laughs> so yeah. upset with this. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so she just like Marla is just booking it to try to go get to Mike. Um, mm. it was also really good because <laughs> Erica, I'm she's trying to call the, the police. I think the police or the yeah, she's the police. Yes. Um, it's like yeah, there's all this stuff going on, and um, you know they they need her address and. The address, of course, is Marla's, and Marla just like books it before giving her the address. She's like already yeah. down, down the street <laughs> when she turns to when Erica turns to look for her. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's running through the, those same spooky woods and uh, runs pretty much smack dab into um, Mrs. Booth. They have their. Um, it's a really good it's a really good conversation um it's just marla being mm. very incensed with with miss booth and lambasting her at this point um of like being a crap mother and not doing anything that would have been like the right thing to do uh just like let her pass she's gonna go to mike and uh yeah miss booth shanks her with the hook like mm. five four or five times yeah, it's real bad. It's a lot, yep. <laughs> and it's very visceral. It's not. It's hor- this was worse than the stabbing because it's like showing it. Um, mm. But Amy um, magically shows up too, and she could have shown up like uh, thirty yeah. seconds sooner. <laughs> Seemed like she was <laughs> taking her time. Um, yeah, but she she ultimately um, shoots Miss Booth. And is going to give medical attention to Marla, but Marla's she's quick on her feet, <laughs> and despite the uh, four or five giant meat hook wounds, um, like takes off. Yeah. Yep. After 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 her uh, braining Mrs. Booth with the meat hook and fish, yes, yeah, she, yes. she did. Um, she did <laughs> hook her in the back of the head. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She deserved it at this point, I think. Yep. Yeah. It's it the con. I I do want to point out that the that the conversation between Mrs. Booth and Marla is also is really great because not only is Marla incensed by by Mrs. Booth like sacrificing her son uh, to Eddie, but uh, Mrs. Booth is is straight up is talking a lot of trash about how Eddie didn't rely on Marla, how she was actually mm. his real mother and was the one that provided comfort, and it's it's a really just gross attack on mm. on Marla. Um, yeah, and yeah, actually, kind of makes the makes Mrs. Booth's end uh, significantly more satisfying than if. She had just attacked her. Yeah, it's it's far more. All of this has been far more personal, um, particularly for Marla, because she, um, their father, 
had left. She was trying to raise the kids on her own uh, in this small town and just having a lot of trouble with it. Like, it wasn't easy for her. Mm -hmm. And the Mike himself, like, put a lot of blame on her for sending him away um, after all of these um, murders had happened. Mm -hmm. And that is a thing that ends up being like that they kind of resolve that amongst themselves a little bit earlier. Um, so she's carrying all that around with her. And then for Miss Boot to like directly just jab at that wound. Cause it's still, yeah. it's very fresh. She just had her son, uh, <laughs> confess that he killed his brother. <laughs> so yep. there's a lot, there's a lot going on. It's a lot of drama that is all, um, very important and all like Eddie's doing. Yes. To a point. Yeah. So it's, it's raw stuff, even all these many, many years later. And um, yeah, Miss, Miss Booth just picked the wrong nerve to, to twang here. Hmm. Uh, so, Marla goes goes hobbling off because she's she's still she's got it she's got something that she needs to do. Uh, cut back to Nightmare Dimension where <laughs> Mike and Eddie are playing war. Mike has been very clever uh, to uh, position Eddie so he is facing away from the TV uh, TV out into reality. Uh, and is losing uh, <laughs> very, very poorly. And Eddie's being uh, very smug about it. Like, uh, there's there's a, a really interesting aspect at play here, which is because Mike's a, a child psychologist and Eddie is still essentially a child, uh, he's using his knowledge against him. Like... As as we will come to find out, Mike has no intention of winning this game. It isn't it isn't the winning that's important. It is the amount of time the game uh, takes because uh, he eventually loses. And Eddie says, "Well, gotta be I. There's someone. There's someone that I've gotta be." He says goodbye, Mike, and walks off. Uh, a uh, frame, and then we cut to uh, an indeterminate <laughs> amount of time later. <laughs> yep. Uh, Amy is now the sheriff proper. Uh, Gary and the kids have packed up and are leaving. Everything is is seemingly resolved and okay? Question mark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we cut back. <laughs> yes, we cut back to Marla's house, and uh, everyone's getting uh, getting ready to leave. Um, Mike's wife, because I cannot remember her name, <laughs> Erica. <laughs> I'm really embarrassed by that. By the way, um, asks if if Marla would like to stay with them for a little while. She insists that she's okay. Katie's in the living room drawing when Candle Cove appears on the TV. Mm. 
only for Mike to step in and switch the TV off. Katie leaves and the camera turns back. Bake? Bake? Bake. Uh, It's back. And and Mike is gone. Because even though that's in the future, the ending, we we got faked out uh, because Mm -hmm. Marla cut back to the past. Marla arrives, finds Mike, and suffocates him. Yeah. Yeah, because Lily told her to. Yep. Yeah. That was Mike's plan all along. That that was uh he I I kind of like the idea that Mike can't beat Eddie. Oh. I I this is an important part uh that um that we didn't go over in episode five, which is all of the things that have happened to Mike was so that it would break him down and make him more receptive yes. to Eddie's possession. Wow. That seems, that sounds kind of familiar. Sounds like a movie, a really good movie that we reviewed a couple of months ago. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the episode on hereditary. Uh, which you should listen to if you have not, because that movie is really good. Uh, So I like the aspect of Mike can't fight Eddie. Like this is Eddie's realm. This is Eddie has the power here because he knows how this place works because he's been in it for so long. So the only thing that he has is, well, Eddie just doesn't have a body to go back to. Hmm. And that's what the game, that final game of war was about. And in the end, Mike uh, uh, wins. Uh, Eddie attempts to escape the TV only to find out that the portal has closed. Uh, yeah. And then in a fit of anger, punches and cracks the TV, <laughs> which I thought was like, I was like, you, you're a child. And I was like, oh, well, I guess this is <laughs> like is, your is a child. <laughs> Well, yeah, but you're like weird nightmare realm where I guess you could punch a TV, a CRT TV, and not break your hand. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike, having returned to his 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 child form, uh, tells Eddie that they're twins, that they should be together forever, and that they are going to be together forever here. In this skin land, horrible nightmare world, um, which leads to like a really imp- interesting interpretation of that earlier scene where Candle Cove comes on and Mike turns off the TV, mm. uh, implying that now with with Mike trapped with Eddie, that he he acts as a balance for Eddie's uh, horrible malignant influence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's also a little bit with the skin taker uh, who isn't, um, he's explicitly not a creation of um, Eddie's. He was there, he's always been there. Mm. Is what Eddie told Mike. Like, he's just, he was, right. here, he was here before, like, he's just a thing that's here, and it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. He, 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 Skin Taker is like a um, uh, a horror themed Cirque du Soleil performer, in my opinion. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. 
<laughs> just jamming sticks into his goopy clay face and screaming. Yeah, I'd, yeah. He just. I'd like to, to imagine like, frightening. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to imagine that, like now that Mike has a modicum of control, that he just kind of sims blocks him into a wall like wall space <laughs> so you don't have to deal yeah. with them anymore um but yeah that's it that's the end of candle cove the series mm. ends with marla looking at her bird feeder and and a bird tying it all back to that that cat that just hunts for yeah. sport yeah. uh and and that bird gets some seed and flies off and everything's over. Not good. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not happy. Not back it's to not normal. Everyone's, there's a lot of dead people. Yep. Everybody's, yeah. everybody's unhappy. And mm-hmm. like the only one that comes out the cleanest in the whole, whole affair is Amy. And mm-hmm. I think that is once again, due to her not having been directly influenced by Candle Cove. Um, yeah, because everyone who has a bad end has has been directly influenced by Candle Cove, except for Officer Babyface, mm-hmm. who just was too good at his job for his own good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that is the end of Channel Zero Candle Cove, and mm. boy, that was some Ooh. good TV. I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I just... (sighs) I really love the one thing this last episode does in, like, the comparison of motherhood between Mrs. Booth and Marla. Mm -hmm. You know, Mrs. Booth non-consensually sacrificing her son for her own gain versus Marla with the full consent of her son sacrificing him to protect everyone else and like that, that uh, juxtaposition sort of, I feel like that's the real climax of the episode is Mrs. Booth and Marla facing off. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, it's, uh, it transitioned these characters who were, didn't appear to be the leads of the story. They suddenly became like the leads with like the, the different meaning in those mm-hmm. two uh, characters. I was like, oh, this wasn't actually all about Mike. Mike. Mike is an important part of the story, but I feel like, He's more like dual protagonist at well, that point because you know. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a vessel that. for the plot. He <laughs> yes, is a plot exactly. device. Yeah, like in the literal yeah. sense of it. <laughs> <laughs> mm. that is yeah, really well done. <laughs> um, and it, that 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 once again that that aspect of their conversation with each other makes uh, Mrs. Booth's attack on Marla uh, all the more shocking. Um, mm. Once again. Uh, unlike Jessica, which was mostly obscured and off screen, like mm. this is this yeah. is full, and it is it is it is a a woman being attacked, like just being attacked, and it's a mm. really fantastic performance. It, it's she's she's screaming in in a way that I don't see a lot of actresses, especially in like horror movies and horror mm. adjacent media well mainly yeah. movies because you wouldn't have actors in a book uh <laughs> um like full like screams of anguish um mm. it, it was it was it was i i it, i had become so used to kind of 
a reserved level of like pain uh, mm. in, in, in portrayal that uh, this sequence actually really caught me off guard with how visceral and real it felt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and for me, um, it, it this is a really kind of fantastic distillation of of a bunch of different themes and visuals in horror media that that I really really dig. Like you have mm. the, like you have there's there's a, like a nod to Japanese horror with with burning Eddie's body. Like oh, we got to burn mm. the body because then the Ringuge curse will be over. <laughs> oh no, Hi, that trick was a trick. You to actually burn him. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, a weird cult led by yep. uh, a lady with mysterious motives. You've got uh, the psychic child who becomes evil due to the traumas of life, and they all like you. It's it's a big it's a big horror gumbo of of all mm. these different elements, and that work really really well with with each other. Like you can tell that people put a lot of work into the mechanics of how this world and the supernatural in this world works. Um, it's, mm. it's really good stuff. Dave, final thoughts. Mm, I, I, I think we covered everything pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and as far as adaptations go, getting this kind of meat off of basically a, a sort of creepypasta five page thing uh yeah is very impressive mm-hmm. um yeah it's i mean they're just it's, it is fleshing out of all these ideas but as you mentioned all these individual parts that could have been their own stories like in their own each of them could have been a story in its own right uh, right putting them together and it not like going sideways is all that mu- all that much more impressive um mm-hmm. And visually, uh, we we always harp on this, but this is a lot of practical effects, and they work very well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. That's, this- that just keeps this. Um, this is somehow it's years later, and it it still <laughs> feels like a current thing. Like you can look at this and not go, "Oh, it's dated from you know, twenty sixteen." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, um it yes, once again the practical effects really really uh help in making this kind in making this this story kind of timeless. Mm. There's not a lot of talk of current events. It's 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 encapsulated within its own time period and logic. Like even though they reference it uh the the initial murders occurring in 88 it doesn't really matter when the story is set after afterwards and uh we we did talk about this before but the fact that this and then really any of channel zero aired on sci-fi was like really impressive like i would not have expected um for one this level of production because sci-fi is known for a specific level and it's not this uh But also the subject matter, like n- none of Channel Zero, like none of it is um, 
easy watching. Like it all deals in heavy themes. Um, this mm-hmm. particularly for sure, anything involving children to this extent, uh, it puts it at a harder sell. Yeah. Um, yeah. And particularly for network television, like this mm-hmm. would have been not out of place on HBO or, or something else where it's like a not generally available channel. So that, that worked in its favor. Um, and it's not just it's not the violence per se that I thought took it out of that realm because by nature the the creature features that sci-fi is known for are are actually fairly violent. Um, yeah, but thematically, the thematic violence of the stuff is is what is a stronger point on these, and it's not the um, it's not the main thrust of the narrative. Like yes, that it happens, but it's not dwelling on it. It's it's about these lives and about motherhood. I mean, there's there's more going on here. It's not this is not a surface level like you watch it and go, oh, that was great. It's like no, you can't help but go, okay, this this means that, and this is this. The reading further into this show gives it that longevity uh, for like rewatching it. Because there's yes. li- there's so many little details you could miss. Agreed. So mm-hmm. that is that is the monster, dear monster, fresh rating for <laughs> Channel Zero <laughs> Candle Co. Uh, I feel gross. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't do that. Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> All right, everyone, it's time to wrap this show up. Dave. Uh, well, actually, do we do we have anything else that we want to we want to say before we do the admin? I don't have anything. All right, <laughs> Dave, where can people find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter at Sentinut underscore plus. And Cameron. How about yourself? You can also find me on Twitter at night underscore Twitten. That's night without a K. Uh, come by for all the Australian nonsense, TM. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Leonard, where may we find you? People can find me online at Twitter uh, by searching at Dr. Faust is dead. People can also find me on YouTube by also searching Dr. Faust is dead. And hey, considering that the Alan Wake DLC for Control just dropped this week, (laughs) uh, now would be a great time uh, for anybody who hasn't to check out a video on my channel called uh, My Take Alan Wake, where I bore some of the interesting narrative conceits of that decade-old game. (laughs) Uh, And from all of us here at Monster Dear Monster, we want to thank you for taking the time to uh, listen to this episode. We will be back next week with more, Dave and I specifically, with more of Thomas Ligotti's work. And for the week after, we have not determine that so uh, 
uh, we're going to call it here and say goodbye to all of you lovely listeners. Bye-bye, Bye-bye. folks. Bye, everybody. And remember, you have to go inside.